For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm Matt Moderno. Jihadi Weiss can be joining me here in a minute. Just a quick intro before we get going on everything. We're going to get into all-star thoughts and and things we had, you know, notes we took while, while watching the game and things like that. We're going to talk about some uh, contract personnel moves on the Wizards side. There was a buyout. There will be a new uh, person filling that roster spot, and we'll get into all that. And then just some other kind of pertinent uh, Wizards-related questions, and then some fan-submitted questions as well. So we're just going to hit everything and, and knock it out, and we'll get you prepared for the second half of the uh, Wizards season. But first, a reminder that the official drink of the Believe in Wizards podcast are Surfside uh, Vodka Drinks by Stateside Vodka. Getting warm out, getting nice, time to knock down a couple Surfsides, especially with the Wizards coming back. Going to need something to drink, something to refresh you uh, for the second half of the season. And as always, we are brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Okay, with that, let's bring on Jihadi, and we'll get into uh, our usual Wizards conversation. All right, as always, I'm pleased to welcome in Jihadi White. Jihadi, how's it going? Great, great. Glad to be here, always. Uh, what'd you think of the All-Star game? I think that's the big news uh, in, in the NBA world since we've talked. Uh, seemed like a little bit of a playground scrimmage this year, maybe more than the last couple of years, in my opinion. What, what was your take on it? It's becoming a little too playground. Yeah. Um, it's not fun for the fans anymore. It's not, um, I, the dunks are great, but when you have all of those all-stars at one time, one time a year on the floor, those competitive guys, you want to see basketball. Yeah, just a right? couple minutes of defense, right? <laughs> so even a regular pickup game, we play in the street, right? And mm-hmm. it's, it's the, it's the best pickup game in the world you get to watch. Yeah. Not not always, even in a regular pickup game, not extraordinary defense. Sure. Right? Yeah. So we well, can a little. still play a pickup game <laughs> yeah. and still play. But it's all about pickup games are usually what? Mostly about who outscores who. Mm-hmm. Right? Got to get a few stops here. So, you know, make sure you help, help or whatever. You know, give me some help coverage. But in any day, it shouldn't be just a dunk fest, a free dunk fest. Right? That's that's over. That's, that's not impressive. There's nothing entertaining about that so 
And you with all that talent out there, let's see, let's see what's up. We we haven't gotten to see any of these players play against each other, right? It's the best two teams in the world. Yep. You know, it's the two teams you wish can actually play in the in the in the finals game, right? The, the, the give me they, something as a fan, and then as a fellow player, really give me something. Mm-hmm. The way they pick teams right before the game, I was like, oh, this has more of like the pickup feel to it, like. You know, this is not rehearsed. It's just going to be like, you know, who's got the matchup? These guys are going to go at each other. And then, like you said, it was kind of a layup line for most of the, you know, dunk dunk line. But, you know, the same kind of thing. I just I was I was checked out by the halfway point, to be honest. If you out there, be out there. If you yeah. if you don't want to be out there and you out there anyway, be out there. Right. Like you can't tell me that any player on any team, even the the reserves. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't want to play in that game. Yeah, right. Right. Just if you're a basketball player professionally, you made it to professional basketball. The, the, now it's the game you love, everything you did that you loved your entire life, mm-hmm. you're finally getting to play. Yep. Now you're getting to play with the best of the best, the top players in the NBA one time a year. Mm-hmm. That's a fantasy, even for the player that's playing. Right. Why yeah. not? Why not play? Let's really play. Yeah, if I'm Donovan Mitchell and I get to go up against LeBron or something, I'd be like, oh, this, you know, I dreamed about this in high school. You know, like I, I wouldn't oh, want I to get to go up against LeBron. I get to pass to I get to pass to Jason Tatum or, right, right. you know, I'm doing two things that I'm not capable of doing. I'm doing a million things I'm not capable of doing to me. All these players, on, you know, so just the, the fuel that's pumping through their bodies right now to be in this. Like we can put on a show. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a show no matter what. Yep. I mean, well, everybody's seen the dunk before. You can only dunk so many times in a game and where it's impressive. I totally with you. And then like, okay, cool. The the sixth time Joel Embiid shot a three from like five feet behind the line with nobody guarding him. It's like, okay, I I know you can shoot for a big dude. I, I, right. I don't I'd rather see you go up against Jokic or whoever. I don't even remember who was on the team yeah. at this point. Finally, we get it. Let's get it, right? Yeah, I, I think the last couple of years. It's not even about. And then I think that sometimes, that accolade sometimes means more. Because mm. it's not based on uh, wins or losses or, or records or anything. It just based on, it goes back to the essence of the, of the game. Sure. Right? When, when you were just a kid or the essence of the game playing against, you know, like you you always hear about that dream team pickup mm-hmm. game, right? Yep. What's yeah. the difference? Like, that's, what, they, that's what we want, right? That's like, what we want, man. We want the dream team pickup yeah. game every All-Star. It, it may be. So I wonder about this like format wise, and I was trying to think about it. They did the Elam ending stuff. I felt like it was better the last year or so. Like they were a little bit more competitive, at least at the end of every quarter. You saw a couple minutes of defense. But but to your point about like the dream team pickup game, maybe that's how you split it up. Hey, vets on one team, young guys on the other. Maybe that's a way to get a little more, um, you know, like edge to it or something. I don't know. I like I like that they almost ran out of options to get edge. Everything yeah. they're doing is for edge, right? Right. The the, the um, you know, having having to do the the picks at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? You call your squad, I call my squad, no east, no west. Then you're doing a hat, what is it? Uh, every quarter is a new quarter, yep. right? To try to keep it competitive as well as charity, you know. Mm-hmm. But they're doing everything possible to, t- to keep it competitive. I think in the end of the day, 
it has to come down to either player don't either player don't be getting the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah they've got to find something here because I, I think they fool me at least. Yeah, like just for a little bit. Yeah, I'm as diehard an NBA fan as there is, and if you don't have my attention for the full All Star game, that that that's a bad. Um, I mean, we already get people sitting out, you know. Right. You know, we already get people just resting and load management. Give, give me a, give me a real at least. Give we have to start giving the fans something other than regular season just ball. Yeah, I totally agree. I, and I don't know. So, so did you ever go to All Star game in person as a player? I, yeah, I did. What's what's that like? Just being a part of of that whole weekend of of festivities with all your colleagues and stuff. Well, when I was when the when the All Star game was when was that? When was the All Star game in Washington? Not uh, back when two thousand one or two, maybe. And I was the ambassador for the Washington Wizards for the All Star. Oh, game. cool. Okay. So I was they, the Wizards ran me crazy. <laughs> yeah. right? I was everywhere, but it was it was eventful because I mean, sure. just complete access to everything. Just as a player, you already do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nothing like it. It's nothing. See, we see each other. Mm-hmm. In summertime, it's NBA players don't really get to see each other all at once other than the summertime. That's the one time you do. You mm-hmm. get to really be there see each other. So it's like a celebration for us mm-hmm. that we made it. And, you know, where, where everybody kind of, you your idols, exactly the same as your idols, the same as the guys you're playing against every day your biggest competitors, you know, it's it's the place where we can show mutual respect the most, right? Mm-hmm. That we've, we, and we can pay homage to each other, which we don't do during the season other than in interviews. But it's, mm-hmm. you're such in that mindset of, now nah, you my competitor. Uh, it's the place that we can, that we can let it loose mm-hmm. and be like, you know, We'll get back to war next it's a, week. But right it's now, now, it's a it's a truce for a couple of days. Yeah, it's a truce, and it's a if you get to enjoy each other, it's just the ultimate NBA party mm-hmm. for the players. Right. I I, I want to go. I want to cover one see, at some point. Like it just seems like a cool atmosphere to be. Yeah, a part you of. get to see all the legends. Mm-hmm. You know, Will Kareem Magic. Where you don't get to see them doing the you know normal NBA year sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's the ultimate, um, like the, you know, give you your flowers type of deal, you know, for the season. Was there ever, like you just mentioned a couple of, of legendary names there, were any guys that you ran into at an event like that, where like, even you were like a little starstruck of like, holy shit, that's, that's Will Chamberlain. Like, like, how do you, how do you handle that kind of thing? Um, I don't, I'm not a fast, I don't get fascinated by stars. Okay. Never have no sure. singers, nope. Um, but NBA, like my, I, I grew up watching Lakers mm-hmm. Celtics, yep. right? So I know I knew every player in the NBA back when uh, Inside Edition was on on Saturday yeah. mornings. I would watch yep. Inside Edition faithfully, sure. right? So it didn't any one of them. It could be Vinnie Johnson, you know. Yeah, it could Still be cool. all the way yeah. from from. From Will Chamberlain to Vinny, my favorite player still in life this day is Magic Johnson. So, sure. you know, I'm I'm starstruck and grateful to meet any of the guys. Robert Parrish, you know, then, then you're crazy when they start talking to you and knowing you and holding a conversation just like you're one of them. Yep. And and that's how All-Star is. You know, it's a respect factor all around. No player is better. 
than any other players, no pedestals or any. It's like, hey, full equal camaraderie from the legends to the to the rookies. And it's the best weekend ever. So to me, if you have all that adrenaline and all that, you know, that energy and good good vibes going, you want a great game. Yeah. Yeah. I I I'm typically the same way where like, you know, like TV stars and things like that. If I pass guys in the airport, like it doesn't really get to me too much. But the first time I bumped into Larry Bird at something, like he was as a GM with the Pacers at the time and he was like walking through the arena and I was like, uh First of all, he's a lot taller than I thought. Yeah. Um, like, Much taller, right? Yeah. Like I, I, he's like pushing seven feet tall. Yeah. Like I, I feel really confident about that. That, that threw me off. So, uh, that was probably the first. I've never seen like been in the same room with MJ or anything. So I, that would probably get me too. I think. Larry Bird threw me completely off. I, I thought he, you know, I didn't think he was that tall when I was trying. When I had to do the visits, you know how mm-hmm. you go on the, um, like pre-draft visits. And trying out for each team, mm-hmm. I went to the paces and Larry Bird was there watching me, right? It was just me and the individual workout with Larry Bird there and sure. some other GM. Just knowing there was just Larry Bird there watching me, just <laughs> in the stands, just like this, watching me. It's, you, you won't work out as hard as you ever work out in your life. Like, yeah. you just, you'll give it a thousand percent just knowing Larry Bird. And I, I didn't realize how much a Larry Bird fan I was because I was such a Magic fan and mm-hmm. I hated Larry Bird. Right. Until but they prop each other up so him, much. Like, that, oh, yeah. I, I, I respect. It's a respect factor. You like. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm. I'm still the idol. You know. The uh, the other one that got me, and this was kind of a random one, but uh, a friend of mine introduced me to Vladi Divac, and his hands were so big. Uh, and, and this is like him, you know, now when he was the GM of the Kings. Uh, so he's a little older, a little bigger. Um, and I just like, this is the, actually the biggest person I've, I've stood directly next to for, for an extended period of time. Like he, he was also bigger than I expected him to be. Right. Yeah. Lottie's big boy. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sure you've guarded him at some point. Yeah. Right? A lot of times. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times. And I'm, it was crazy too. I'm guarding him. I was like, I remember you with the Lakers when I used to sit back and watch you. Yeah. What and how are you still? I'm playing. How am I playing against you now? I, I watch cool. you with Magic. That's pretty darn cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, any other final parting thoughts on All Star Weekend or Slam Dunk or three point or any of that stuff? Uh, congratulations, to Jason Tatum, homeboy. You know, yeah. hometown awesome. guy. You know, did a really good job. You know, he's doing really good. Um, what else? McClung from Georgetown yeah. guy. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that was that was pretty impressive. That that dunk, that dunk. He can get up, man. Yeah. Uh, the only other one that I thought was kind of interesting was when they did the skills challenge. The Antetokounmpo brothers, they are like none of them can shoot. I was, it was like kind of ugly to watch uh, their their skills challenge performance when they had to do the shooting. Like I felt a little bad for them because even even the younger one that's like six foot four. Uh, was struggling from like 15 feet that, that hurt a little i think it's in the jeans man yeah, I think it's right. in the jeans. <laughs> they're making up for it another way so they're trying uh, though they're trying their best that's man, right put no, you can't tell me it's not from lack of putting the work in absolutely I, I, yeah i totally get it and i think um it's just just cool that they get to do that together too i can't imagine what that would be like to, to do that with siblings and stuff so yeah, i'm sure they absolutely. were just happy to be there all right let's transition here to some wizards news uh probably the biggest one right now the Wizards finally reached a buyout agreement with Will Barton. You know, Barton was one of these people that 
I think fans were really excited about. I was excited about. He's a Baltimore guy. I'm I'm kind of from closer to that area than Washington originally, so I always like the Baltimore guys. And uh, it just never really worked out. I don't know if it was just not the right fit or or if he's kind of reached that point in his career, maybe where he just is tapering off. But uh, he averaged seven points, seven and a half points, about three rebounds, about two and a half assists, shot below forty percent from the field. It just probably his worst year since his rookie year. Uh, and it was just kind of a shame to see, because I, I think this is one that that people wanted to work out and just really didn't. Yeah, sometimes it's all about the right fit. Mm-hmm. You know, and fit is fit and, and chemistry with a team is everything. You know, some players blossom with certain offenses. Some players look terrible with other offenses, you know, and it, that's just how it goes. So I think with him, it may just not have been the right fit. I don't think I'm not going to say it's not the right fit. It may not be the right players around the, the he, you know, he's going to be a more of a role player, right? He's sure. going to be. Um, and it's sometimes it's hard to play with certain players when the, they're very ball dominant, like, mm-hmm. from, and, and it's an understanding. So, you know, if you're not bringing the ball up sometimes, who knows? I think for him, too, I think that's a great point. The last couple of years, he played a good amount next to Nikola Jokic. And, and that's a very different playing with someone that'll set you up like that versus, hey, come carry the Wizards bench with not a lot of other playmakers next to you. Like, it's just, at, you know, once you're in your early 30s, it's probably harder to be like, here's the ball. Now go give us 15 points on reasonable efficiency. Like, I, you know, you might be kind of used to playing off somebody a little bit more than he got to here. Right, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, we wish him well. It's interesting to see where he'll end up. Uh, he did kind of get waived before the March 1st deadline. So he is eligible to join a team's playoff roster. So, and then I sure. think also, you know, sometimes people, you know, just have to kind of take, take that ax just because a team needs, needs to clear up some space, sure. you know, so he might just been a sacrificial lamb. I think it's kind of a portion of sacrificial lamb in there too. Yeah, I mean, I I think just kind of the way this roster has shaken out, like they've become like pretty guard heavy and there's not a ton of minutes to go around. And there are a few younger guys like the person will uh, segue into now, Jordan Goodwin. You know, if you've got a chance to kind of see if a younger guy can blossom versus you've got Barton making 14 million who you probably won't be back here next year. Like it's, it's right. a business decision at that point. You have to. So uh, Jordan Goodwin from uh, your hometown, another St. Louis guy, a lot of St. Louis ties with the Wizards, which is is kind of cool. Uh, he'll be, the reporting is, at least has not happened officially yet, that he will be converted from a two-way contract to a standard contract. Just for context for people, what that means is as a part of the two-way, you can either sign a one-year or a two-year two-way contract. And what they convert you to standard contract-wise if it was a one-year two-way, you get converted to a one-year standard contract. They can go up to two if you had originally had a two-year, or they can choose to negotiate a longer-term deal with him or just a different deal with him, and the the two-way terms become void at that point. So if he converts on the two-way, he would get the veteran's minimum. The team could say, look, we're willing to go above that number and pay you more for the rest of the year. They're close to the luxury tax, so I, I don't know that they're willing to do that, but they could also work out a multi-year deal uh, with Goodwin. So I guess, Johnny, the question for you here is, if you're Jordan, 
do you want to lock up like long-term security at a lower number? Or do you want to take your chances in free agency and say, you know, maybe somebody's seen enough for me that they'll give me a bigger deal than the Wizards do? I, I think they do have rights, um, like restricted rights to him. So, you know, they can match another team's offer. He's not like a technically restricted free agent, but they they get first crack at trying to keep him longer term, I think. Um, but if if you're Goodwin, like is it is it worth it for you to sign a long time like a longer term deal here? How would you go about this? I guess. If I'm JG, I'm going for security, mm-hmm. especially after playing in G League as long as I've been playing. Sure, security is definitely number one because as young as he is, you can get two years and maybe two or three years mm-hmm. and go and play for a bigger contract. Yeah. Usually, if you do lock up security for an, another two years, every year it's a higher pay. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's not saying my first year is three grand, three three hundred thousand, and my second year is be three. Is you know, it every year it goes up. And yeah. if you got, if he has a good, good agent to negotiate that, he can get it. And mm-hmm. so, if I'm him, I'm going for security. By the time, then by the time you know he's up for a new contract, you know. Had fans by his side, had yep. a team, knows he can do. Um, has the time they, they really put put time into him. Obviously, them signing him means that you know they he's like doing a good job, and they will. Yeah. They're saying, okay, we we recognize that we can get behind him. Mm-hmm. Right, you can be a factor on the team. So yeah, I'm going for security all day with if I'm if I'm JG. I'm I'm with you, and I think if I'm the team, that's probably in their best interest at this point as well. Like they're going to be. You know, if they're really going to go after Porzingis and Kuzma coming back in the offseason, they're running out of money for people quick. And if you can get Goodwin that's shown he can be, you know, a solid rotation player right away and get him, you know, somewhere around like the minimum. And that just seems like a smart move for both parties. You lock him up for two years and you've got a cost controlled guy that has the potential to keep getting better. I think that would be just it seems like a win win. I think it's a win win and in more places. So I actually. I actually um, coached him a little, little bit. So uh, okay. I seen him. Mm-hmm. I seen him play against Jason Tatum mm-hmm. in practice, mm-hmm. right? In EYBL, like in, in AAU practice. Mm-hmm. He's going to make every player better because yeah. he's going to lock you down in practice every day. Sure. You're not, no matter what, you're getting that guy no matter what in practice. Mm-hmm. So as a team, that's a benefit, first of all, right? Secondly, He's going to really. He's going to help you out in the game, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's going to. Be, he's probably going to be your best defender in the game. Yeah. Reality, even though you're going to see it now, you know because he's not getting crazy minutes, but he's sure. really pretty much your best defender. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. right? Um. So think about what you can do when you can groom a guy like that, right? Oh, we have one we can groom. And we can groom him for, you know, less money. Yeah. Yeah. He's not making, you know, top 15 pick money and you might get him, you know, he's, he could produce as well as some of the guys you've taken in the first round. Like that's also a win for the front office from a PR standpoint too. Like if if people kind of knock on your drafting, you can say, but yeah, look at this guy we found and developed. Like that's someone I think that they would want to prop up. um, Yeah. And he can go for big money too, you know, in the future. So it's a to me, it's a great situation to be in. You don't, as a player, you don't want to have to go each year worrying about the next year. Mm. It's just, it's it's tough, right? I mean, yeah. 
you, it's a lot of a lot of stress to have to think yeah, about. It's a lot of stress. Once you know, you know, you know. When I first signed with the Wizards, you know, I was a second rounder, so mm-hmm. my my contract wasn't guaranteed to like February. Sure. Once February rolls around, then I have an, another year locked in, right? Right. So now, usually second rounders, you didn't have those two years locked in. So once that February rolled around, it took a lot of weight off my shoulders. And really, I could just focus, mm-hmm. focus on getting better, focus on ball now, focus on. And the team felt like it felt like the team kind of rallied behind me and gave me more opportunities. Thanks. So the guys who was waiting in February that maybe didn't know if they were going to stay or not. And, they, and some of them left after that. You know, just imagine how they how how much that pressure was to the point to where they couldn't just focus on the game. And they probably game couldn't get better because, you know, now you're fighting, fighting, fighting for minutes, fighting for every time you touch a ball. You know, you're really not playing your game. You just you just out there just trying to do everything. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I, I got to think just having a young guy, like you said, in practice that's hungry, is who's going to push everybody else is better. Like I, the last time we had Jordan... On the show, he was like, I want to be the Wizards' Jose Alvarado. If you need me to guard 94 feet, like I will come in and do that. Like That's what he does. I, that You need a couple of those guys at a minimum, I think, to really push people. And, and it's nice to have older vets. He's just but, a dog. Yeah, dog. Yeah. He's St. Louis a dog. You know, you, everybody need a dog. Just that, you know. And, and that's somebody a team can rally behind. Not only that, every team needs that, that element to really – kind of get you know get what their what their the identity is mm-hmm. right he needs that so he adds an identity to the team that we can't get anywhere else i don't think and i don't think wizards fans have seen like the full range of jordan goodwin yet like i've gone to enough of the go-go games the last couple of years where like he's clapping in people's faces you know he's like yeah. he's, he's like stopping just short of like slapping the floor on defense but like he you know, there's some edge there. And and I think that he's like a nice, soft-spoken, humble guy. But, you know, you could see it click. Like, he's he's ready to get up in people. Right. I beats. love that. Yeah. Uh, there's a quote I kind of always go back to. It's um, former Wizards executive uh, Eddie Tapscott said, you need enough assholes to win, but not too many to coach. And And I always wonder about that with this wizard strategy of like, we want nice guys. And we talked about it a little bit last week, but I'm not saying Goodwin is an asshole. Like, I don't mean that, but like on the court, like he can bring a little bit of an edge there. I think, honestly, I think Beal has a little bit of that edge to him too, that I don't know that we always necessarily like think of first thing with him, but like there's some pride and some swagger and stuff. And there's this story that came out recently, uh, about when, um, Scott Brooks was still the coach here. He was doing hack a shack on Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons got sick of everybody fouling him. And he went up to Beal and he said, I'm tired of you MFers fouling me on purpose. I'm going to step up here and knock down these two free throws. I'll put $5,000 on it. And Beal said, you want to make it 20? Like, 
I love that. Like cocky Beal is good for the Wizards, I think. So as many of these guys, we can have like that kind of that swagger to them. I, I think that's what this team's kind of missed at least the last couple of years a little bit. Yeah, but see, like you say, you need enough assholes to win, right? Yeah. It's the difference between an asshole and a cancer. Yeah, right. That's right? A good point. Yep. And so assholes, assholes are really good that because they, like you said, they can create an identity mm-hmm. and a team can follow it. Yep. Right. But like, but if you get too many assholes, one of them going to become a cancer. Yeah. Right. And cancer spreads throughout the entire locker room. Sure. So that's the thing. And, and so Bill and JG, they're just assholes, you know, then they, they just, I call them, you know, they can be dogs and they can be yeah. tough and yeah. they can, they That's can challenge answer. their teammates, right? Yeah. You need people who can challenge their teammates and willing to, and willing to, hey, let's let's go and let's let's do good out if we got to get it there because mm-hmm. I'm gonna challenge you to do better, right? Because right. whatever we need to do to get to get the situation done and get this get us get a solution, I'm willing to be that person, right? Sure. It's a difference between that. I mean, it, it, like. For for instance, if you had too many Draymond Greens on the on the on, on the Warriors, <laughs> it would ruin the Warriors. But you only need one Draymond Green because right. that can go all type of ways, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But cool. if you don't have that Draymond Green, yeah, guys are going to push Warriors you won't around. Be the Warriors, right? Right. So no, I agree with that. And um, and it's all and especially if you have the assholes and in kind of in sync mm-hmm. in so many words the two the two main you know those part those personalities in sync to where you know they're they're fighting for the same thing they all the same common goal they're on one accord i i sometimes my boss in my day job listens to this so i'm going to handle this one delicately but there's a guy we work with that that can be kind of an asshole sometimes and i said like hey that guy's an asshole and uh my boss responded and said yeah but he's our asshole and you know what I mean? Like you sometimes you need that guy like to to kind of project outwards to to other people you're working with. And and uh absolutely think about a if to me, if your agent, if you have an agent, mm-hmm. you better be an asshole. <laughs> you need him to push for you, right? If you got a lawyer, yep, you better be an asshole. Yeah, smart. You want to have some be you like person who asks for whole for your benefit, yep. in your benefit, right? Yep. So 100%. you know, and and so like like coach said you, you need you need them because that be in your benefit mm-hmm. right you know aggressive dog personality push guys who don't who you know will, will coast if they don't want to like a Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. but you can't have two Kobe Bryants on the team yeah and blow right? up pretty quick yeah. yeah any guys you played with during your Wizards time that kind of fit that bill I mean like was older MJ like that at that point, or was he kind of quiet and more reserved? To me, older MJ wasn't uh, last dance MJ, mm. but he still he still will hold you accountable and hold a lot of players accountable, right? You know, um, but older MJ still the hungry MJ still will get in your face. I see there's some stories in practice you'll be surprised of, like that you know that he would do and he challenge you you know throw the ball in your face you know not me but in practice you know 
Um, Respectfully, but he knew, you're he knew a very good dude. I, I would give him credit if he were willing to mess with you. Uh, I, he knew the, he knew the players that had his back. Sure. Give him Jay Smart. Give him Jay say, all right, these are the guys I need to have to be behind me. Yep. Jihadi and Oak, mm-hmm. right? Yep. These are guys I need to, you know, give a boost to or, or kind of be uh, coached a certain way with pos- positivity, motivate. And these are guys I really need to, like, put my foot down with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And even if I got to be physical. So, you know, he knew he would look at – he would he wouldn't know – how to structure a team and how to deal with certain individuals in his benefit. I got you. Uh, I'm assuming one of those people he probably felt the need to push was Kwame Brown to some extent. Uh, any any story there on on him kind of getting on Kwame at all or, or trying to motivate him? But I mean, he got on he, Kwame. Not the only. I mean, it's 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 a it's a two when MJ played what we had to win. You know, sure. a lot of pressure to win. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of it, Kwame wasn't the only player mm-hmm. that they, you know, treated like that. It just somehow the story comes out to where it's just a, a punishing Kwame Brown thing. Mm-hmm. Which okay. is, it's, 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 it's not either way, right? Kwame handled everything like a man, mm-hmm. right? And MJ treated a lot of players like this. You watch the last dance, you know, his personality with certain players, yeah, right? Yeah. He's not just picking on one random no, he's guy. Not picking on, right, right, yeah. right. So it's not, not a pick on MJ didn't pick on certain players. I seen him, I seen him treat players way worse than a Kwame Brown thing, which I, to me, I didn't really think that he treated Kwame Brown bad. And I didn't really think that Kwame Brown handled it bad. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, it's just at the time, what I really feel like is we had to win, right? And just the focus couldn't be there on Kwame like it could have been on another team. I got you. You know. Yeah, he probably needed more more room to play through some mistakes and stuff like that somewhere yeah, on right. a rebuilding but, team. Know, then... when, when MJ there, you know, it's, it's MJ time. Yeah. And it, there's no rebuilding. He's, the greatest, he's the GOAT, greatest of all time. Look, you got to realize, hey, it's MJ time. I had to realize it's MJ time. Before sure. MJ came there, I had some great numbers, but I, you know, hey, now, Jody, we're gonna we're gonna need you to do more of a just uh rebounding and protecting the basket mm-hmm. and being an enforcer. What I gotta do? It's MJ time. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to say no, I'm not willing to uh, adjust. What's your uh, other option? Right. Yeah, that's a good What's point. What's the alternative, you know? You get traded. Yeah. Uh, that's really funny. Um, one of the questions we got from folks was just, can you walk us through what like a game day is like for a player? Just from like, let's say it's like a 7 p.m. game. Like what's a typical structure? Like shoot arounds or their walkthroughs? Like do you do you do something early and then get to nap and come back? Like just. Just any kind of sense for that, I think, is always interesting for fans. So it's different on the road than on if you're if you're at home. If you're okay. playing at home, you have a shoot around where you kind of walk through some things, or it depends. You may not. You may get the. Uh, it, it depends. Sometimes you have an early shoot around, maybe ten o'clock, okay. right? Where you just kind of walk through the player, the the teams. Uh, offenses that they what we're dealing with that day. Then we had to figure out how we're going to guard their offenses. What we're going to do with this, you know, the screen and roll. Are we going to trap it or you know whatever? Um, are we going to double the box? You know, 
certain things. We go through the right offense. Then right before the game, we go back down there again, just kind of refresh ourselves with it. Right? Okay. So that's kind of how that usually goes. How, um, how complicated are those things? Like, are you remembering everything that goes on and shoot around eight hours later, or you just pick on yeah, a couple of things that? Okay. Absolutely. You just, you know, you have remember it all, okay. you know, because that's you, 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 you're ready. You know what's up with every opponent that you play, and you're ready for those games. Sure. Right. So, and a shoot around gets you there. You go through it, um, kind of go through the scout report. Mm-hmm. Then you probably leave, shoot around maybe 10 30 if it's at nine. So, you know, or if it's say it's at 10, you leave around 11 30. Um, to me, I go back, go back, you try to get rest on game day. Mm-hmm. So you go back, rest up, try to, you know, shower up, rest up, straight up. Just because um, you eat breakfast before shoot around, usually. Okay. Right. Is that with is that with the team or are they promoting no, no, the same no, kind I, of thing I, I or just, you do your own no, thing? No. Eat breakfast, uh you just go out and get something to eat before I shoot around. Right. Okay. So then you go back back to the hotel or back home to your house, rest up, right? Because if, if you on the road, shoot around is usually probably at a gym. If not a gym, you'll get a like a banquet room and they'd tape mm-hmm. it down. Gotcha. They'd tape it down with the, the the you know, the free throw line, the nice. the uh perimeter everything you just walk through it in the bank room right so uh rest up try wake up if game is at seven you wake up around three o'clock right eat dinner eat eat your get pre-game meal right same kind of thing you always have the same pre-game meal like do you have a it, it, it's close you can't always have the same because usually most time you do it is room service I got right you. if you but if you're at home if you're at home, it's always the same pregame, really, mm-hmm. right? It's because I, you try to find a place that can. If you don't feel like cooking, you try to find a place that can make more, more mostly home cooked food type. I got you. You know nothing fast. So yeah. I, at the time I lived in, uh, like Bowie, Maryland area. Okay. So I would always go to the Jamaican restaurant because I know they had baked chicken, they had rice, they yep. had some type of veggies, right? Sure. Right. So, um, so that's what I would do, and then. Uh, still on the road, you, it's two buses, right? If you're you know, rookie type, you catch mm-hmm. that first bus early to the game because you got to get a lot of shots up, a lot of, you know, you don't want to get in the vet's way. Yep. So by the time the vet's in that second bus a little bit later, okay. and that bus, now rookies kind of did all their kind of pregame, got all their shots up, got on the bike and everything they had to do, lift. So then the vets get there, we just kind of shoot around. You get out, you know, get a lot of shooting and shooting up. You don't want to get a lot of shops up if possible. So you can get used to that gym, to that arena. Right. And then how, it's game how, time. How different are like, I know, especially in like college, you see there's a different ball being used in different, you know, different home arenas. Sometimes the rims feel different. Are NBA rims and stuff like pretty consistent? Or are there some places where you go and you're like, oh, this place has a stiff rim. Like I know, I, you know. Yeah. Some, can- well, yeah. Like. But they do it on purpose. Some okay. places really just kind of give you a stiff rim on purpose. Some places freeze the place out. Like right. Boston, it's always cold on purpose, right? Okay. Um, it's it's all types of stuff. Some play, places you go, locker room is re- freezing. You know, it's all these little small little elements to try to give you a, you know, a, a little hand up. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, um, so it's always that way, um, and you just kind of get used to those elements, right? 
Uh, like in Denver, if you're playing in Denver. The altitude, right? probably, yeah. You want to get there a day early, and you want them, and they would just pretty much run the, run the mess out of you, uh-huh. right? Your, your legs, your, your, your lungs got to get used to the altitude, right? Because that's, Denver has a natural advantage of everybody just mm-hmm. because the, the air is so thin. Your lungs have to get used to that altitude up there. So we, you're going to have one of the hardest practices the day before anytime you go to Denver. It's, it's understood. I remember that Ty Lawson Nuggets team under George Carl that ran everything. They were like 41 and one at home or something, yeah. or, you know, like something crazy like that, where they just, they ran on everybody. You start wheezing. I mean, like, <laughs> ooh, air so thin. You're like, you know, it's, it's crazy there. And so that that's definitely an advantage. Just like L.A. A lot of teams, L.A. is a natural advantage because no one goes to L.A. and stays at that night at the hotel sure. all night. Just Miami's probably and the same you, way. Yeah. And then you have the toughest players. Yeah. So, you know, it's Miami is the same way. It's just those, those little elements of advantage that people don't realize, you know. I, I always heard that, like, at least back in the day when I guess like Bill Sharman for the Lakers is the one that kind of gets credited with coming up with the shoot around in the morning. I heard that part of that was like the reason to put it in the morning and not right before the game was so that it forced players to get out of bed and they couldn't go out too late the night before because they had to be like semi alive and conscious for uh, for shoot around. I mean, is, well, is that think there's any part of that that's still uh, uh you know oh absolutely that, but it also forces to get all that toxins out <laughs> right you gotta sweat it <laughs> out early Forces the players to get that toxins out before the game you know hey we got some issues let's sweat it out now you know uh do you think guys are still going out a good amount like in today's nba like or or do you think it's less now than it used to be i guess no i mean Same guys way. are gonna go out i mean it's men you know as long as you're able to to be able to aim time. And mm-hmm. that's the most important. Guys will. That's right. Some guys think that you need to go out to have a good game. I know some guys say, if I don't go out, I don't play well. Sure. You know, everything is superstition, you know, or, you know, you have a lot of superstitions when it comes to, to sports in general. Like, I have to have the same regimen. Everything is regimented. Like, if I, my regimen is off, I, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about, you know, game day because. I may have eaten my meal a little too late. I want to always eat at least two two hours before the game, two or three hours before the game, so the food can so I can be lighter. If I feel like ah, I wasn't able to eat until now, I ate an hour and a half before the game. I'm nervous. I'm nervous the entire game. I uh, I play a good amount of of tennis on the side here, and there was a couple year stretch post college where I thought like, man, you know what? The best couple matches I played were ones where I was like really hungover. Maybe for every big match, I need to be hung over, and I've I'm now too old to uh, to still try to do that. But I I definitely believed that was the case for a while. So yeah, I get you. yeah. One time I played, I went out in New York, and uh, Mitch Mitch Richmond and uh, was it Rod or somebody Rod mm-hmm. Strickland? They were like, go out in New York. They called me, and I'm like, why are you calling me to go out in New York? Sure. Right, and. They were like, man, every time I'm in New York, I have to go out in New York because I play good if I go out the night before. Sure. Right? I'm like, and it's a, these vets telling me this. Yeah. Right? I'm like, well, I don't know if this would be my regimen, but I'm out, so let me see how my game's the next day. Yeah, right. Give it a try. But I thought about that because they told me that while I was out, while uh-huh. we were out. So I was looking forward to a good game. And it, mentally, it makes you have a good game because yeah. you know, okay. Yeah, you're expecting it now. Yeah, you're expecting it. Right. That's funny. 
Uh, I mean, so I don't know what he was like in college, but you played with the guy that's probably the most like notorious party, or at least from what we hear NBA story wise was, was Alan wild at Georgetown too? Or I mean, uh, Alan Iverson for folks who are not familiar, but, uh, you can handle that delicately if you want to or not. I'm just sort of curious if any, uh, any good stories there. I put it like this. Allen was the only guy who could be out all night, run uh, in the locker room five minutes before practice starts mm-hmm. with, with McDonald's hamburgers, go <laughs> off and down, yeah. right? And then go out and practice and give you 30 and outrun everybody. Right, beating everybody in sprints and stuff. and Not getting tired. Everybody's worn out. He's outrunning everybody. He just, he, his body, he was just hooked up to a car battery. His body was a machine like that. He just, you know what I mean? Eventually that gets to you, but he was just made differently, man. It was, he was, a, a, he was from another planet. Was that a superstition thing for him? Like, I don't play well unless I do this or just, that's just it's what he wanted. Out, to do. It's just him. Yeah, it, gotcha. You know, it's just him. It didn't matter. It, it wasn't a, like a regiment thing. It's just, you know, sure. just how he was, you know? He can he cannot go out all night and still do give you the same thing. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't affected by anything. I got you. Uh, I mean, I I feel like at least from from what we know of him, you know, for, as fans, uh, Coach Thompson would be pretty strict. Was he aware that uh, that Allen was getting after it? You know, on on nights before games and stuff, or there was nothing. No, he didn't do it before games. Oh, before. oh, okay. Good. But there was nothing that Coach Thompson didn't know about the entire team. Sure. You know, Coach That's Thompson. You always hear, yeah. He had his hand, he had his finger on the pulse of the city. Yeah. We, If I went shopping and went by a pair of socks at the at, at Pentagon City, he was like, hey, so how did those socks fit? Yeah. Like, how did he, <laughs> yeah. Who told you? How did he know I just went shopping for socks? Like, yeah. But he would let you know. So he just oh, purposely, hey, oh, oh, so how would, how, um, you all went to Howard last night. How was it? To go hang out. Like he will let you know. He knows where you are each time, all the time. Yeah. So it was just an understanding. That's pretty. So cool. there's no difference with Allen. He knew Allen was all the time. I uh, I mentioned this to you, and I've probably mentioned it on the show at some point. But I I interned on his radio show uh, my last year of college, and I didn't think he knew my name. He always called me like young man. I, I forget what like his exact term was, but you know, he was very like nice about it. And he was kind of grandfatherly at that point. And was uh, it son? something like that. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, but he, he, he pulled me aside one time and he said like, you know, what, what are you studying in Maryland or whatever? And he remembered I went to Maryland and like, we'd only talk briefly or whatever, but he's like, Oh, did you have professor so-and-so, so-and-so and so-and-so? I was like, how does this guy know the journalism professors that, you know what I mean? Like he, had an unreal memory even at that point. So it, it's yeah. not surprising to uh, to hear, you know, he, how much he knew about everything. You wouldn't be surprised about anything he knew, right? <laughs> right. And, so, and he knew something uh, or someone associated with everything, right? <laughs> right. Like he said, like he always tells us, he said, I'm not going bad mouth you, but if they ever ask about me and I just do like this. They'll know. Yeah. My mouth closed. said, that's going to speak volume. Yeah. Because it's me, right? Because he, he just posts on so many things. Mm-hmm. You know, I just call, I used to call Godfather, just, you know, <laughs> you know how everybody go to the Godfather in the movie mm-hmm. and say, Godfather, I really need you to help with this. I need you to help <laughs> yeah. with that. And he can somehow, some way, he can be on the other side of the earth. And he'll say, all right, I got you. 
That was Cole Thompson for sure. That's awesome. I, I, at some point, maybe later in the year, once Georgetown wraps up, we'll have to maybe do a little more Georgetown time here too. And and uh, I'm sure people would be just as interested in in those stories as some of the the Wizards ones here. Uh, just maybe before we get out of here, I'll, I'll bounce one or two more fan questions off you, and, and we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, let's see. I, I guess um, we've mentioned both MJ and LeBron to some extent here in this episode. I'm assuming I can guess who your answer is going to be here, but LeBron just set the record for all-time points. Uh, Gilbert Arenas was on his podcast earlier this week talking about how LeBron is the GOAT. Uh, Who is the GOAT in your mind? To me, LeBron's definitely King. Really? Okay. Yeah, he's King. King James, man. Definitely King. Okay. You think he is the greatest player of all time? But MJ is the goat. Okay, there you go. You got me. You got me. <laughs> yeah. I, MJ I was shocked. Is the goat, man. Yeah. You know, and I feel it's about it's about uh, you know eras. Mm-hmm. You know, certain eras where you know, it's about when you were growing up as a kid, mm-hmm. right? Not who you're watching now, but kind of sure. you know, MJ. I watch MJ change the trajectory and the platform of the NBA as a whole made into a worldly game. Yeah, the right? impact there is crazy. Just the impact is crazy. So he laid the groundwork. He laid the platform for LeBron to me. Mm-hmm. Like to me, if you can't lay the platform and then somebody else takes it and makes the best of it and, and even makes it bigger and better, to me, he's still the person who laid, you know, who who laid the foundation. Yeah. MJ laid the foundation. Right. And just make two different players. Yeah. MJ was a dog. You know, he he's going his good goal is to score and he 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 knows how to win. He wants to be a winner. Now LeBron is an all-around player. He's the ultimate NBA player. Mm-hmm. In every rebound, in every job, rebound, assist, right? Um, scoring, right? So yeah, he's the ultimate NBA player, but he's not he's not the foundation of the game. Right. I mean, the the Jumpman logo, that's, that's almost as popular as the NBA logo. It yeah, should. Maybe, maybe almost, more so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, great. so, I mean, we got to we got to give credit with, you know, what credit is due to, you know, who laid the foundation of all this thing. Gilbert's argument was that, well, if you say MJ is the better scorer and LeBron's the better passer. Well, how come LeBron has more points than MJ does? I'm like, well, he also played six more years, and two of the years that MJ he played, played he was longer, a 40 right? year old man. <laughs> like, it's just it's not a fair comp LeBron, at that point. I mean, you got to realize how LeBron never retired, right? Came back, right? Yep. Um, LeBron played a lot, a lot more games. Um, much yeah, so longer. Didn't, he didn't go to college for multiple years. Didn't first. go to college. He came in the league right. much earlier. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and you got to give him credit for all of those things that he's done. You know, I'm a I'm a big LeBron fan. Yeah, he's on unreal. Nothing he's unreal, yeah. right? And 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 you like playing. You can like you don't mind playing with LeBron either because mm-hmm. he's a facilitator as well. Yeah. Right. MJ was not a major facilitator. Right. Sure. Right. You, I remember the, watching um, the Last Dance. How Phil Jackson had to say, "Hey, man, sometimes we got to give up the ball <laughs> to win." Yeah. Right. That's. Some it's almost was the opposite with LeBron. Say LeBron, right. 
You can't give up every ball. You have to. Some, we need you to score too sometimes. Right. right. Sometimes the right basketball play is for you to shoot. It's more you. Times. It's yeah. you. Yeah. So now, I mean, without no MJ, LeBron definitely go. I agree. As yeah, long I'm, as MJ is, MJ existed. So you know, he he's got he's gonna hold that. But LeBron is definitely the king. I think that's a good way to split it. And I, I like people when they break them into eras, who's the best of each era and things like that. Like, I think that's a pretty easy way to look at it. And they're the two best in their respective eras. It's just they're two best in their eras. It's just different basketball too. Like, but I don't, I don't expect a younger kid, a younger guy yeah, to say MJ to go. Right. Right. Because they really wasn't, they can, they can go back and watch film and see the impact. Not the same but though. Yeah. But now, but, being in their mind, well, the game was older. You know, right. it was a, back then the game was easier to play. The game, which is wasn't it actually was a much tougher game to play. Sure. Right. So now, could LeBron be as talented as successful in the era MJ played in? Now that's the real question. He's a pretty big physical dude. Like I think he, he is. Could, he <laughs> is. He could probably give it as much as he could. Uh, he could take it. I think yeah. too. And that was Gilbert's other thing is like, oh, we need to stop hearing about how good the 80s were. They couldn't hang with people in the 90s and the 2000s. I'm like, uh, I mean, the league may not have been been as deep back then, but I think that's a reasonable thing to say that the 450th best guy now is more talented than the 400th best guy then. I think you could go with stuff like that. But I I think players are more evolved now. Yeah. The the game has evolved. Players are more evolved. I mean, you think we never seen a step back until Dirk. <laughs> right. Right. You know, like hesitation moves. All these uh, Steph Curry back then, you'd just be like, man, get off the court. You man, you're making you're making a mockery of the game, even though he's effective now, which is he's very effective. He's a great player, but he back then you would the not see row. it that way. Yep. Right. Think about how many times one player dribbles the ball, mm-hmm. right? Like it just wouldn't be acceptable back then. Yeah. So it's complete different game right complete different game players are actually way more advanced the moves are way more advanced a euro step is is a crazy advanced move for that wouldn't you know that you didn't see back then so Mm -hmm. it's it was a simpler game back then but it was a game it was physical it was man on man no one no one's getting into the lane if they are they gonna realize they're gonna they're gonna send a message can Mm -hmm. Can the players now play against that type of game? Yeah. Yeah, it goes both ways, right? I mean, right. you kind of bridge, honestly, like two different eras of basketball, right? Like you're playing with the Charles Oakleys of the world that, you know, they'll knock you on your ass if you come through the middle. And by the end of your career, it was a little more, like not as much, nowhere near well, as much N1. as it is now, but it was, it was, it was headed that way, right? It was kind of heading toward the N1 mixtape ball. Right, yeah. Right. A lot of ISO scoring. and Exactly. Uh, so, you know, I had to see it. I, I, you know, I saw it advance. The thing about it, LeBron played him kind of both eras too. Yeah. And he was dominant in both. <laughs> right. He adapted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. I think again, that well-rounded player. Um, yeah. If someone would want to say he was the most well-rounded player of all time, like, I don't think I could argue that, you know, like he, he could do whatever you need him to do. Yeah. A little bit of magic and a little bit of Jordan and a little bit of Barkley. 
honestly, some bird too. Like the shots he makes now are unreal. Like I saw him hit a fadeaway NBA three in that all-star game, like beyond NBA range three, like right, yeah. 28 feet from the basket and he's fading out of bounds off one foot. And it's like, he couldn't have done that 10 years ago. I mean, not, not like that. He's learning to preserve his body. Yep. And still be effective while preserving. That's just smart. I mean, Brian has always, to me, been a very advanced of being that mentally ahead of the game. Just, yeah. you know, just cerebrally ahead of the game with the IQ and you know, and it, it, it and you haven't seen anybody last as long as him. And you see why he has, because he's like, oh, never seen anybody that was so far ahead of the game to 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 the point to where they can know how to kind of maneuver and, and last this game, you know, mm-hmm. and he has. And I think that's a big difference between he and MJ, too. You see on the last dance, you've got Jordan going to Atlantic City on the night before a game. And then you've got LeBron's at home in a hyperbaric chamber with, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> oxygen tanks on and everything. It's like it's just a different, different approach. Uh, all, right. all right. Last question. And then I'll get you out of here. I promise. Uh, the Wizards are 28 and 30 right now. They're in the ninth seed. Somewhere between seven and 10 gets them in the play in game. There are 24 games left. What's your expectation with this team? What should fans expect from this team? Like, where do we think this season goes? And it doesn't have to be a record prediction or anything, but just to me, they've always been around a 500-ish level team. And we've seen them lose 10 games, then win six. I'm not shocked that they're 28 and 30. And if they finished 41 and 41, it wouldn't surprise me. It's just the East, though, Hmm. right? So in the East, you have... You have Boston, you have Philly. And Milwaukee. And Milwaukee. So you still have a good chance. Sure. Right? So they're revamping. Was the last last game was against Brooklyn? Uh, The last game that they played before the break? uh, Yeah. uh, Minnesota. Minnesota? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I think that uh, they still can really, they can, they can, they have a chance. They do have a chance. We have to see how. To, to make how, it solidly into the playoffs or like top six seed, like what? I think they could, they, they have a chance. They could probably make it in the play. Okay. Playing game. I got you. Yeah. I think, I think I'm with you on that. Somewhere between seven and 10 seems doable. Yeah, they can make it in the play. Um, like I said, we still got to see who the team is. We don't mm-hmm. know the team's identity because we haven't seen everybody out there jail at once and all the players out there at once yet, right? We got to see how Kuzma and Brad play together, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how Porzingis has been looking lately, right? Once he gets, once he learns, hey, I, this is how Kuzma and Brad move, let me figure out how, you know, also to get mine, right? Um, we have some trades, right? Um, I think they still have a chance to they could have a chance to make it play. I, I think that's totally reasonable. And it a lot of this depends on health. You have three, you know, guys like Kuzma has been relatively healthy for most of his career. Porzingis has been pretty healthy this year overall. Brad has been a little bit ma- uh, more banged up. But in Brad's last, uh, like so far in the month of February, Brad's averaging 28 points, five assists, one and a half steals. Shooting 55% from the field, 42% from three, 90% from the free throw line. And the team's 10 and two in games he played in February. Like, I don't think Brad Beal is getting the credit uh, for the year he's having. And, and it's because he's missed some games with injury. But like, 
to your point, if they're all healthy and on the court together, it's three tough dudes to guard. I, I don't, I don't like, you know, I don't, I don't want to like disrespect their chances if, if they've got their whole team. Yeah. It's three tough dudes to guard. Really mm-hmm. good, tough, really good players to guard. If we can get the role players to do, play that role at 100%, right? And still what happens, what's going to happen is they're going to get involved too. And, you know, we can spread the floor because we still have some scores out there outside mm-hmm. of those three. Sure. Um, it's not a bad team. I agree. We don't have a bad team out there. It's not. We just haven't had a team that can all be out there at once so we can actually build a team. You know, it was, so I don't think we've done a bad job of getting players, getting the right players. We just got to get those right players on the court together. I think um, the, the roster on paper is better than a 28 and 30 team. I'm totally Absolutely. with you. I think the thing fans push back on with that, and, and I've said a similar thing, is just, you know, if, if your team is built around guys that are slightly injury prone, uh, that's a thing you have to factor in and be able to be able to account for. Like you have to um, factor that into your team building and be able to weather the storm when those guys miss those games. And, and they haven't done that particularly well. Uh, right. That, but that's why I say we need to keep those guys together, because think yeah. about it. Take those. Take that big three. Mm-hmm. Even two, but I say big three, big Porzingis, a healthy Porzingis, yeah. a Porzingis that's producing like he's producing now, sure. comparing to another big three in the league. Mm-hmm. Not too yeah. far off. Yeah, I agree. They're comparable. Mm-hmm. Not too far off. We have, we have the 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 core we need. We do. We have the core we need. Now we just have to. And I'm not saying always we really need to replace and fill in the roles. We just got to get guys who are the role players to now say, all right, let's really figure out what our role is and let's be productive with it. Right. Yeah. yeah I think um, that one of the things that happened a good amount before the break is we had seen Denny Avdia play really well for a couple of weeks there. And then he sort of tapered off a little bit. And Corey Kispert was kind of slowing down before the all-star break. It's hard to go into these games and in a week, like a wing dominated league and not get production from those spots. Like as good as Kuzma's been, he's still probably best suited as a power forward. A lot of the time, it's hard for him to guard, you know, Dame Lillard and Anfordy Simons and give you 20 points on reasonable efficiency. Uh, But between Kispert and Avdia, you have to get some like one of the two of them has to be the consistent producer, I I think, for them to kind of continue the, the trend that they've been on. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Exactly. Absolutely. We we got to get some something, some production out of everybody else. We got to get production out of everybody else. And we have guys who can produce. Yeah, I, I totally with you. It, it's Some of this is like a little bit of like checkers and chess kind of stuff for Wes Unseld, I think, here too, is like playing the right guys in the right matchups. You have certain guys that are maybe more matchup dependent than others. And, and can you get people in the right situation? Like, like uh, the, the the team offensively has been really good with Monte Morris on the court, but they've also struggled defensively with Monte. The team's right. been almost elite uh, defensively with DeLon Wright on the court, but they struggle offensively. So it's like you have these guys that are kind of one dimensional. What's the right spots to put them in? Who are the right other people to put them with? Uh, it 
it just seems like that's sort of up in the air for me. I don't know. You you, you tell me if, if that's am I overthinking this, I guess. No, you, you make sense. But what the thing what I what just what I hear you saying and what I, I disagree with is mm-hmm. that these guys can't play defense. It's they're they, not playing defense. They have not um Monte right. So now instead Monte of is a saying, six foot point guard that's sort of limited laterally, I think. I, I do question like what the high end of Monte's defense is uh as a point of attack defender. Monte can play defense. Okay. He's played, he's done I, well playing defense in this league before. I, I this, hope so. He has not done it so well this year to your point, I guess. <laughs> this but, year, right. Yeah. But to me, before I start trying saying, hey, you're defensively challenged, and uh, let, let me find somebody out here who can take your place to play a defense. If you're giving me points, you got to give. You got to be a two way player. Sure. So I think what it is is we, Wes and the coaching staff, now have to challenge the, those guys to now be even more defensive minded than they are offensive minded. They naturally are scores, right? Mm-hmm. But we have to be a defensive team first, right? And so now. Those guys have to be two-way players, right? And we now we have to have a defensive strategy. We have to have principle, put principles in place, right, for our defense. And that has to be the number one thing. And and they've been better this year defensively than this team has been the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not right, saying but we're not, gonna, we're not a type of team that's going to have to keep outscoring other teams every night. Right, exactly. There, there's enough there that they could be solid on both ends of the floor if if they wanted to do that. Right. So if you do have a player and you're 60 games into the year and they haven't really guarded at this point, what can you say as a coaching staff to get that player to lock in more at this point? Does it have to come from his peers at some point here too? To like, like I, I don't, I don't mean like, what button do you push? I guess you, you playing, you better, get, you got to give me what I need. I'm, I'm getting you out of here. Okay, so you, you would sit someone. To, yeah, I mean, it's in the end of the day, right? Find somebody else that'll do it, right? It's, it's either, me, it's either me or you. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's come down to my job or yours. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. either we can both stay and win this thing and, and, and be successful here. But if you're not giving me defense, I'm not playing you. Yeah. All right? I need defensive effort out of everybody, maximum effort on defense out of everybody every night. That's number one. That's what fans want to see. At this, that, at this point, to our ears. Yeah. At this point, offense is offense. Sure. I'm not going to put in new wrinkles or new play to try to get more out of this, more out of that. Yeah. Um, I may, I actually, if I do anything, it's going to be some more options for Pazingas. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But other than that, everything, every practice is defense, defense, defensive oriented. Right. It's going to be the understanding that the emphasis is on defense so much. Right, that we're gonna have to just get production in on the defensive end. That's what we're gonna win games. Yeah, I I think that's an identity that this uh, this fan base would love to see. Like I I think we've waited for a long time for a Wizards team that's like we are gonna beat you on the defensive end. So got to be the def- defensive end and rebound, like offensive yeah. and defensive board. Right, we we want we want second and third possessions and scoring opportunity. I think. You have a, a good wing rebounder like Denny Avdia. Kuzma has historically been a pretty good rebounder, especially here in Washington. Porzingis is seven foot two. Gafford is a freak athlete. Like there are times where those four guys are on the court together. Brad is a pretty good rebounder for a guard. Like there's no excuse for this to not be like a very high end rebounding team, in my opinion. Right. All right. 
you you're not. It's not that we're not. We're we're, we're putting up enough shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, I agree with you. It's the other places we lack, and that's why we're not. We you know we're not. And then just inconsistent. That's why we're being inconsistent. Yeah. Right. And then we just don't like I say. We just gotta get the guys back. I think the inconsistency piece has been big too. As good as Kuzma's been, when he's bad, he's really bad, and it, it's hard for them to win on nights when when he gives them almost nothing, or or he goes one for fourteen or something like that. Like you, you can't you can't survive too many of those nights, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, very cool. I think we got some good stuff to look forward to here, uh, folks. We'll uh, we'll be back next week with some actual games to talk about here again. If you got more questions and stuff, send them our way, and uh, we'll make sure we hit them. On the show, uh, Jihadi, any parting thoughts? Enjoy your weekend. There you go. Uh, if anybody's looking for something to watch this weekend, too, as games are starting back up, the Bill Russell documentary on Netflix is really, really good. So I it would is. recommend that to anyone. Yeah, I was going to watch that the other day. I saw it up there. Yeah. that if it's There's two episodes. They're each an hour and a half long, but uh, it's definitely worth it. I'm sure there's a lot of history in that. Yeah. Just imagine what those players went through back then with the early NBA. I like to think I'm pretty well read on like old NBA, but there's even some stuff in there and like I had never heard. And it's it's just right. wild what he went through as a person uh, and, and still performed the way he did. I can't give the man enough credit. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it's been Believing Wizards. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we will uh, catch you guys next time. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done